What's happening, y'all? This is Todd Wilson. We have an uh, ex-pro player, now owns his own training and development business and other uh, entrepreneurship that he's going to share with you today. Rob Valentine, welcome to the show. Uh, appreciate you having me. Man, I appreciate, appreciate you, you having me. Uh, you know, shout out to my guy. We've been knowing each other since LA Fitness Hoop. Um, you know, and just, uh, you know, proud to be here. Happy to be here. I thank you once again. So we love to start off this show with the wall of hoop movies. What's your favorite hoop movie of all time? And if it's not up there, let me know. But favorite hoop movie of all time and why? My, so it's between two, honestly. It's between two movies up there. Finding Forrester mm. and He Got Game. Uh, now, Sunset Park is like a, uh, it's like a hard Yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those movies that, like, when you was a kid, is it kind of just took you through all the different <laughs> avenues and stuff. But um, Finding Forrester, I would say, is probably my top movie um, of all time because it, it's a kid that comes from, like, a hard-up place, and then he gets taken in in a different, at, like, perspective of the world, you know? Like, he goes from this black neighborhood where yeah. it's just all hood and all tough this white neighborhood where he's playing basketball where he has to completely change his his speech his his actions and yeah. everything and then it kind of changes the game for me because he comes in contact with Sean Connery who is Forrester right but it was pretty crazy because it's kind of like my story a little bit of how things happened for me in high school and kind of how I went through things I didn't have the grades that this kid had but it, it's a story that's really close. Like, it's a story that's really close to my actual life. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's, you're the first person, actually, who said Finding Forrester. That's one of my favorite movies, yeah, I, for sure. And, I, like, people was, forget that it's a hoop movie. Like, no, nah, that's a hoop movie. Yeah, and I was shocked that it was even up there. I was, like, looking around. I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Man, yeah, some, man, that, this is just classic. These are the stuff we just grew up on. And why we do the things we do in hoop is... Some of the, some of these movies, you know. So. Not up here. Uh oh. Blue Bandit. Ooh. Let's make notes, Karina. Thank you. So rebound. I have rebound just right. Needs to be up there with Common and Queen Latifah. Um, Hoosiers. No, Hoosiers up there. Yep, Hoosiers up there. Um, and then there was, oh, Space Jam too. But Glory Road. Glory Road. Oh wow. There's four movies right there. Cool. We're going to order them today. So we're going to feel the thank you. Appreciate that. I love it. We got real hoopers here today. I love it. I love it. Um, so, man, just, just getting started, man. When did, you, when did you fall in love with basketball? Um, well, technically, if you want to go off of what my mom and my dad said, I was probably in love with basketball from the day that I was born. Because technically, my first word was ball. Whoa. Um, my mom and my dad said that they were in my crib trying to get me to say mommy and daddy. And I always had a basketball in my crib with me. Instead of saying mommy or daddy, I, I looked up and said ball. <laughs> Since then, you know, I've had, you know, I started in soccer because my dad, a lot of people don't know this, but I'm Panamanian. Hmm. Um, my dad is full-blooded Panamanian, played for the Panama Panamanian national team, played oh. pro soccer in Panama and played for the under 16 and under 17 professional basketball team out there. Wow. So I didn't know that until I was in my 14, 15s that my dad was a professional soccer player and basketball player. That's crazy. I just knew that growing up, he wanted us to like 
get after it all the time. Mm. Play soccer, play baseball, play football, play this, play that. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, so I would say I got about six years old and I went over to, I was living in Lakeview Terrace at the time. And I went over to Lakeview Terrace Rec Center and they had the Junior Clippers, Junior Lakers, yeah. Junior Heat, all, you know, all the teams mm-hmm. that they, you know, do that. And got like a whole NBA roster yep. and all that. So we, we did that. And um, I remember my older brother, he had won the city championship for our rec league. Um, so then it was my turn to step up and do that. And our team won a bunch of stuff uh, because we had like a unit that was like tight knit. We all lived in the same neighborhood. So we all just play ball together all the time. Um, so I would say, you know, the love of basketball started as early as, you know, four or five or six. Wow. Like that, where I was like, yeah, I want to do this. Like, this is what I want to do. And then from that point on, it was all hoop. Uh, did you play other sports? How did that? Soccer for a long time. Um, soccer was, you know, that was just a family sport. We go outside, mm. kick the ball around. Pops was teaching us banana kicks and curling <laughs> kicks and all that type of stuff. Um, and my older brother didn't play football. So naturally, being the youngest of, you know, 12, I'm like, oh, you're uh, one of 12. Let's just be clear. Uh, My family took in a ton of kids. Ah. My mother didn't believe in leaving a kid like hard up, didn't Mm -hmm. have the food, didn't have a way to get to school. My mom was like, you come live with us. Yes. So we had families that literally lived in our same neighborhood and their kid lived at our house as opposed to living at their house because maybe they were going through a financial crisis. Or maybe there was just too much turmoil at home or whatever it was. But my mom was that person that you, you, you're, you're part of our family now. You're part of our family now. Um, so in my household, there was Always 10, people. 12, 15 kids at a time. It was hard to eat. It was hard to get shoes, clothes, everything like that. Because my mom, you know, was making it happen. Uh-huh. My dad was making it happen as well. But my dad kind of just like, he went to work and then he, he uh-huh. demanded like, order yeah you didn't really do all the other stuff moms did but it was just like you're gonna be here <laughs> right he <never> did, but <laughs> <laughs> right he was trying he didn't tell something like, you're gonna behave so yeah. you know growing up in that culture and you know playing sports and stuff like that it was it was really cool no, that's dope i actually grew up in a very similar situation my mom to this day she my family runs group homes but we ran group homes when i was younger and didn't make money from it like literally took families in and I equate my ability to communicate with anybody to that. It's like, cause I had so many different people who came in and out of the house. I had to learn how to be cool with everybody. I was just a peacemaker. And so, um, do you see that kind of similarly? How do you think that that's kind of impacted you as a, a, you know, as a trainer and as an adult now having, a, you know, a big family? That person? I, I think, I think it, I think it helped. I think what really helped me though was like kind of being a part of the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, my my upbringing was a little different. I have older brothers that were in the craziness, doing a lot of crazy stuff. So I was into it naturally as well. Um, fighting, you know, doing all that stuff, being in the streets and all that. And I believe that having the structure of my mother's concept of life, which was, you know, her her father lived in mid-city next to Beverly Hills. Mm. He retired from a great job, military, you know, all mm. that type of stuff in his background saxophone player played jazz music mm. like i had a i had a whole world in another area where it was like you know this is really nice over yeah. here and then it was like but then i would go home and i'd be like i really like <laughs> here, you know? like i like this hard like get after it i also like 
little butt. Sit down, put my leg up, bring a little, you know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. You know, my grandfather was the first person that would cause me to smoke a cigar or drink wine or anything like that. When I was growing up in Tennessee, right. with E and J, I had never even seen wine before. I would see those bottles when I was going to a liquor store, I'd be like, What is that? Right. Like, I don't know what that is. So my grandfather showed me a ton of first time I ever smoked Hennessy. Mm. First time I ever uh, art show at Dallas. First time I ever oh. the first time I ever like like been shopping guy. You know what I'm saying? Like my dad never took me shopping. Right. So my grandfather's like, let's go get some things. You know what I mean? Like okay. little things like that. First time I'd ever been to the market with a guy. Mm. My grandfather would take me to go get stuff at the market. I'm like, this is so weird. My mom like home. Mm. You know, it's just it's interesting that it was like just a girl right there, and that's what helped me be able to tap into all the versions of life. Like, there's only a couple of versions of life. Yeah, hard life, medium life, and plush life. Like, there's no real in between. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Everybody's got their version of hard. Yeah. Everybody's got their version of cool life. Everybody has their version of sweet life. And I think I think I saw all three at an early age. So it was easy for me to be like, oh, let's say a chick tells me she's super supportive. I know how to talk to her. Right. I know exactly what to say to him or how he operates. I know he's doing something or not. And I also know the kid that's like back there with me that's like seven thousand four thousand dollars house bill. seven kids yeah and they got they gotta feed all seven kids and mom makes twenty five hundred and dad makes thirteen hundred you know like it's one of those things where I've mm. seen a lot of those people grow no that's awesome that's that's good to draw in from those experiences and create an environment for anybody to thrive with what we do in hoop and like I think hoop is that universal language and that thing that don't matter where you come from. Hey, when we step on this court, all things are equal as long as you putting that work in. Yeah, <laughs> so it kind of. I always loved about basketball. Like yeah. I growing up, I didn't have all the stuff. I didn't have any nice clothes. Sometimes my clothes were dirty. Sometimes my shoes were beat up. You yeah, gonna get these buckets? You want? <laughs> you gonna get? But it ain't gonna stop you from this issue that's coming your way. Right. <laughs> right. Mean, you know Absolutely. Saying? It ain't gonna stop you. So that was that was what I loved about it. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, taking your journey, you know, you started at a very young age, you know, take us through kind of your youth development on to high school. Was there AAU for you? What was that? I know it's way different than what it is now. Um, and then transitioning into high school. So I started out uh, Lady Chess Rexley. My first coach was Akil. Mm. Akil Anderson. Lived in the same neighborhood as me. Him and his best friend, uh, they, they were are no like basketball coaches most most of his parents were like home and shit working at that time so they cussed me and yelled at me and gave my dad a whooping so just like all right so i you know i got it and that's how i met the team it's like you know their nephews like thomas franco jacob franco and all those guys and um shout out to wayne our my coach wayne that was a dude that helped me develop a lot as a kid 
Miami, high yellow, like tall. Represent. <laughs> and had a burner on it. Too. Mm. I mean, whenever he came in the gym, he just, <laughs> I was just like, man, I, I got to learn this. They gave me the foundation, like the foundations of like, you got to get in the gym, you got to get ready to play. You can't come in here and be mediocre. Yeah. And uh, a guy who's now my, my brother in law, married to my sister, my second closest sibling, Elliot. His older brother, his younger brother, Michael Elliott, phenomenal athlete. He was my second cousin. He taught me a lot of like intricate things of like how to use your body in a certain Mm -hmm. way, use your shoulder in front of a player, bump a guy to the other side, how to like throw down certain. He was the first guy to show me that because his brother did it. Mm. Younger brother did it a lot. So he was already showing his younger brother and then he got this little athletic kid that was like able to do what his brother was able to do. Oh, I can show him this. But it wasn't training. It was more just being coached. Right. In practice. And when he would see something, he'd be like, hey, do this next time. Yep. And it's like, that was kind of how we grew up building our kids. Old school like, development. Yeah, yep. Watch TV, <laughs> run outside, do the move, run back in before right. the timeout is over and then watch some more of the game. That was yep. different. So that was my youth development. Uh, going into my teens, uh, I came across a guy, uh, Rob Archart. Oh, yeah. Big guy. guy. Mm-hmm. Played with them for a little bit. Shout out to Big Guy Red. I was a big fan of him. Shout out to Big Guy. <laughs> uh, but uh, I met up with a team after I went to AIC CCI, after I went to Southern California All Stars with all those top players. I met a team guy that was no name team nobody on that team that was like going d1 nothing like that they were called the Pacoima rough riders mm. it was crazy because there was this coach the white cake he was an ex NBA player he played for Seth Seattle Tucson back in the day okay still wearing the pros oh, okay back in the day he went from he went from college of the canyon to the NBA straight to the league from junior college. like unheard of Right? Had no clue that this dude was that good. So I watched his journey thinking that I'm I'm the guy. You know, I'm coming in here. I got one of the biggest names in the valley. I'm I'm one of those guys. I got it all going. I got it all rocking. I walk in, I'm talking mess with players. I'm like, you know, I'm not even ready to work out. He's like, bro, who do you think you are? What are you talking about? He calls me out like I'm old school. Hmm. Go once right now. Bro, you're old. I said it in front of you. Oh god. Oh, you're old. <laughs> he said well, if I'm old, you should be able to beat me. Dunk me. 7 0. With a humility Shot there, right? <laughs> he's like 6'7, six, 6'8, six, oh, with a man. burner, and a, he's a lefty with a handle. And like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, who is this dude? Like, what is this? So that was like my, that was like my awakening as a player. Mm-hmm. I wasn't listening to nobody. I wasn't following directions. I wasn't doing none of that. I was dunking from place to place to place because I'm like, ain't nobody good enough for me. I, I'm mm-hmm. the guy. Somebody's got to tailor this piece. And then I realized, okay, it's time for me to start listening. So at 14, you know, about to go into high school, feeling like I need to figure it out. Like, you know, I know where I was going to go to school. But I'm getting looked at by Cleveland, who had Cass, who had Jordan Armand, Fairfax, who had the Chip Brothers. You know, all of these yeah. big 
schools are like, hey, you need to come play with us. You're one of the top players. Like, all right, all right. But as a shout-out to Gil's Arena, as he said, why go join the dogs if you can compete against the dogs? Man. You know what I'm saying? So in my mind, I was like, I'm not going to All these guys coming up that are already their golden boys. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I'm gonna go over there and play second fiddle to a dude, and I know I can score forty right. on any given night. I'm like, nah. So I went over to a school called Jugo High School. Oh yeah, they had a terrible team. <laughs> they had no one. They had a terrible coach. No offense, coach. But <laughs> it is what it is. Now, yeah. as I've grown in my life and I've had great coaches. I knew mm. he was bad. He was not a good coach for that program. Right. right? Um, and it was a funny story because when I went to freshman tryouts, the freshman coach was like, what are you doing here? I was like, what are you talking about? Like, in warm-ups, we're doing the three-man weave, and I'm like, I'm like booming. He's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, trying out. He's like, you need to be over there. So he sends me over to the JV tryouts. JV tryouts, they have a kid on that team, Calvin, that I that I know. Me and Calvin are there, and Calvin looks at me. He's like, what are you doing here? He's like, he's like, you should be a varsity. You shouldn't be over here, Rob. He's like, he just told me to come over here. Man. Like, right. He's like, all right. So I get into that workout a little bit. Now I'm working out with him and come down the middle of the lane, something. He's like, yeah. over there. <laughs> so now, Dunk now your way up. I'm outside with the, with the varsity players. The varsity players are just shooting around because their team is set. Mm. They're, they're not picking up any players. They had, they had six seniors. They had three juniors. Like their entire oh, team was like like higher classmen. So mm. they weren't picking up nobody. Coach looks at me and he goes, What are you doing here? And I'm like, Well, those coaches told me I should come outside <laughs> with y'all. And he's like, You have no business being here. We have one of the best players in the state. We don't need anybody else. I'm like, What? And I, I took offense to it. Like, who mm-hmm. are you talking to? And that was the hood coming at me. Yeah. That was the streets coming at me. Like, who are you talking to, bro? Like, you don't even know me. The dude that is the best player at that school, his name is JoJo. He has real long, thick, like Viking sized arms. Mm. He has like some of the oldest trunks. He's like big, heavy, old Chevrolet, rock trunk, all black. I was like, yo, that thing is so cold. <laughs> right? 18 years old. I got to admit, as a white dude, mm, go. was there. Man, but I, I was just a different player. Faster, I was more explosive. And, you know, he's like, Oh, you think you can play with us? He came behind his coach. Like, you think you can play with us? And you think you're ready for varsity? He's like, Man, coach, let him play. Yo, man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. You don't know who I am. So, and I've never seen this dude before. So, Mm. I mean, you already know right away, it's full throttle. I'm coming at his head every single time. And I'm Getting after him, getting after him, getting after him. But on the other end, he's scoring. Mm. He's six foot six. Oh, okay. You know, got a handle. He's shooting over the top. At the time, I'm probably like five nine, five ten. You know, I'm barely yeah. getting into the six <laughs> feet realm. So I'm like, you know, I'm tiny to him. Um, he does his thing, does his thing. I do my thing. At the end of the game, me and him like boys. We like, hey, man. The Hoopers, his the coach Hoopers is boy. like, his coach is still on some like, yeah, you're not ready for varsity. Da da da. And I'm like, yo, like, 
Me and your best player just went pound for pound for buckets all day. Yeah. How can you say I'm not ready? And he's like, he's like, this is why you're not ready. You see, I knew it. This is this is why. And I'm like, because I asked you a question. I'm like, all right, cool. Come back the next day, show up for varsity practice, and the coach is like, you need to go to JV. I'm like, bro, I'm not playing with JV. Like, they have nobody on JV that can play with me. He's like, you're not gonna ever play for me. When he said that, I was like, okay, cool. Bro. Transferred over to Kennedy High School. This is where this is where the world got different. Mm. Kennedy is a Hispanic-based school. They have black kids there that get busted from LA. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to Kennedy and now I'm seeing my friends from LA. Oh, wow. So this is getting even worse because the dudes that I was doing all the dumb stuff with, now they're at school with me. Oof. See? Not to mention that two of my brothers went to Kennedy and got kicked off the basketball team. So now Kevin kind of more sees my last name and he goes, oh, hell no. Wow. Like immediate. I'm not even playing with you, bro. First day of school, I go into school, I go to homeroom, I go to all my classes, and then my, my fifth period class is PE. And mm-hmm. Kevin is the PE coach. He's going through names, going through names, going through names. He goes, Valentine. And I went, he said everyone else's name. He said everybody else's name, like Christian this, this. He, Valentine. And I was like, and I just just kind of sat there for a second, like, I don't know if I want to say nothing. And I was like, here. He was like, are you by chance related to Billy, Malik, Justin, Matthew? I'm like, Yeah, those are my brothers. He's like, oh, God. He's like, do you play basketball? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, no. He's like, all right. He's like, he's like, were you planning on playing for me? And I'm like, I mean, this is the school that I'm going to, so eventually I'm going to play for you. He's like, I see you at tryouts. So I already knew it was bad. I already mm-hmm. knew, you know, it was like, he doesn't like me already because of my last name, everything like that. Same concept. I get the tryouts. I walk in the varsity tryouts. He sends me all the way to freshman. So if you're in the Kennedy, you know Kennedy's yep. gym. You got the main gym. We got this small gym over here. And then in the small gym, to the right, there's another the small gym auxiliary. right there. Yep. Yeah. So I'm in the auxiliary, auxiliary gym with the freshman sophomores. And I'm in there dunking and doing it. And like, go to JV. I go to JV. There's one player on JV. He's pretty good. But I totally just destroy him right away. They're like, go to varsity. I walk into varsity practice. He's like, damn it. This is what I'm talking about. I know your Valentine's don't listen. I'm like, yo. Yeah, I'm doing it like this, like waving the right flag. Like, yo, yo, yo. They told me to come over here. He waits till Coach Coop comes into the gym. He's like, did you tell him to come on? He's like, Coach, he's pretty good. And he's like, all right, you can go. Immediately, bro. It's like, this is what my attitude wasn't a help to me at all. Mm. The first player I get into, and I, I don't know if you remember, it's Marcel Sample. Oh, remember Marcel? Yeah, I do. Amazing basketball player. Six foot five, six foot four, jumper handle, dunked the ball. He had IQ, posted up, mid-range. Like, mm-hmm. It was an absolute killer. Come down the floor. I go to the basket. I go up to get a layup. His brother, Mayan, his younger brother, Mayan Sample, who was a freshman as well, mm. not, just completely knocks me out the air. Like, mm-hmm. wasn't even, like, going for the ball. It just no, knocks me out the air, right? So I naturally like, what's up? Marcel steps in. Like, what? 
I knocked you out too, homeboy. Like, you know, it's a lot, yeah. lot more, it was a lot more belligerent, but. Yes. Thank you, thank you. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate it. It was a lot more belligerent, but you know what I'm saying? I'm all in his face. I'm pointing at him. Mind you, you got this little five foot nine dude and this six foot five dude about to get into it. Coach over the intercom. This is what I'm talking about. All Valentines are cancers. I'm like, what? I'm like, bro, whatever. So we get done with the scuffle. We finish up practice. After practice, me and Marcel Dapp, me and Mayan don't. Mm. I don't, I'm not cool with him because of the way he did that situation. Like I felt like he was trying to hurt me. The next day, I, I, I get called, you're on JV. Excuse me? So what are you talking about? Mm. They're like, you're on JV. I'm like, bruh, it's summer basketball about to start. I'm not playing JV. I was just playing summer basketball with Tap on varsity. Why would I come over here and play JV? They're like, this is what Connor Morris said. I walked straight to Conor Moore's office. I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't asked nobody if I could go. I didn't set up no appointment. I walked dead into his office. It was a lady in there talking to him. I said, Coach, I need to talk to you. He said, I'm in a meeting. I said, I don't care. He was like, Miss, I forget her name. He was like, I'll, I'll, I'll call you. Da, 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 da. He, I sat down. said, yo, I'm not my brothers. I don't have nothing to do with them. Why am I not on varsity? And you're not ready. You're a freshman. I just said, okay, cool, whatever. So the man bet me, he bet me that I would not be able to score over 30 points in the first three games of my of my JV summer. I don't know if y'all know who Rob is. <laughs> 30 is easy. Just, he, just, he literally bet me. So I'm looking at him smile, with a smile on my face. Like I have a oh, smirk man. on my face. Like You have no clue that I've been averaging like 30 all through AAU. Like this is nothing to me. I'm like, all right, cool. So we play against LA High School for the first game. And you know LA High School. Right. Atrocious. Yeah. I looked up. <laughs> He's sitting right there and I went. And he was like, I have 45 that game. Second game, we play against University High School, which is another terrible LA school. I have 37 that game. And then the very next game, I have another 45. And he's like, all right, yeah, you can play varsity yeah, yeah. now. Right. So in the first varsity game I played, we play against Monroe. Mm. It's a summer ball. Rolo's not there. His brothers. His no, no his it, he doesn't have his brothers are gone. Alfonso oh, and the other graduated. brothers, they graduated. Mm. But Rolo doesn't play this game. Mm. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, if this is varsity basketball, I'm good. Cause I didn't have to guard anybody that could really like get a bucket. So I'm like, I'm out there, I'm getting my buckets. I have like 16 in, in my first varsity, you know, game, coming off the bench, getting like three minutes, you know, a game. But I have like 16 points in like three, four minutes. And they're like, yo, this kid can score. Coach is still like, I don't like him. I don't like him. What do you attribute that to? I mean, I think my we attitude. know now, right. My attitude. And what about that? I think this is super important, especially for these kids in this generation. That attitude, because I, I believe part of it is that attitude got you to where you're at, though. Right. And so there's a part of it that's positive that you can move in a positive way, but also the negative part of it, the doubt that it puts in people, I think it's intimidating. And yeah. What do you teach kids now about that attitude? I, I teach every single kid that I come in contact with, every kid I come in contact with, to be a complete dog, complete animal. I tell the kids, I, even the younger kids that come in, 
And like, if I have a younger kid, let's say I got like a six-year-old that's been with me for a year and he's further along than the new six-year-old that comes in, I tell him, eat his lunch. Yeah. Eat his lunch. They're like, we could. Eat his lunch. I don't care. The concept of basketball is a respect game. A lot of people don't understand that basketball is not a, it's not a game of wins and losses. It's not. It's not a game of championships. Why is Jordan the GOAT when there's a guy named Bill Russell that has 13? Like, right. why is, you know what I'm saying? Like, why is, why, why is Kobe considered a GOAT when Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points? Why is Kobe's 81 so, so incredible? There's a guy that scored 100 already. It's the way they played the game. Hmm. It's the way they played it. There's not a basketball player in the world that would not say, I don't respect Kobe Bryant. Right. There's not a basketball player in the world that would say, I don't respect Jordan, or I don't respect Will, or I don't respect Kareem, or I don't respect Russell, or I don't respect David Robinson, or Tim Duncan, or Shaq. You can't not do that because those dudes will take you out on the floor and bust your head. That's just what it is. So in my program, I don't care about wins and losses. You can ask any kid that's ever been in my program. If they if they ever looked at me and said, I want to win, I'll slap them. <laughs> win? You want to win? If you want to win, stop playing basketball, go play baseball, and go get a $100 million contract being right. one of the worst players on the team. Right. Go, right. You want to win? Go do something that people win at. We don't win in basketball. A lot of people don't realize this. Think about the money that's in basketball. You have to have a max or a super max contract to make anything close to $100 million. Anything close to that. Just think about that. There's people making that in real estate. There's people making that in business, finance. There's people making that in all. If you want to win at life, you have all types of other ways to win. There's so many avenues to win. And think about it. There's 400 players in the NBA. 400. You're going to be the number one guy out of 400? If you're banking on yourself, more power to you. I was. Right, right. I, I was banking on myself. And I respect anybody that is going to bank on themselves to do it. But personally, mentally, now where I'm at and all the coaching and all the training and everything I've done, I'm not looking at anybody telling them, yeah, you're winning that basketball. Hmm. I'm just not. I just won't do it. Because there's ways to make money at basketball. There's ways to have fame in basketball. Like me, technically, a lot of people don't realize this, but I'm technically like, like infamous. Everywhere I go, anywhere I go, whatever I do, hey, you rob, hey, I remember when you was playing against Taft and you had 28 in the first half, and I remember when you did this, or a, a dude will walk up to me like, hey, bro, you remember back in high school we played against each other, man? You gave us like 35. I'm like, who are you? I've never <laughs> even seen your face before, you know? Like, technically, yeah. we become infamous as our game develops and we get better and better and better and better. So it's like one of those things where, you know, for me, I think the world of basketball is changing drastically. If we can see it, right? Yeah. And I love the fact that they're putting more and more money into the game of basketball because now it looks like a guy that comes in in his rookie contract and is not that good and not really getting paid that much, he can still make ten million. Yeah, that's a good that's a good living for the, some the guy. minimum now starting next year is a million. It's that's a million. The, that is the minimum and it's been, for any and it's player been in the NBA. Four hundred and twenty five thousand right. for like. Yep, Which 25 half years. of that is going on taxes <laughs> exactly. right away. Now Unless you million. live in Vegas or right. Dallas or something, <laughs> right. like, you're done. Yeah. So it's like one of those things where it's like, I personally just, I want to see the game evolve. 
And I think that's what us as trainers and us as basketball players, and I and I say this, let me let me backtrack that statement. Us as mentors and us as yeah. basketball minds and players, I think that's what is most important to us. And every time I've ever come in contact with anybody that's really a basketball person, they've never talked to me about money. They've never been like, oh, I'm trying to make this amount or I'm trying to get Man. this or I'm trying to get that. It's a love thing. It's a respect thing. Like, that's the reason why I'm even here right now. Like, right. when I met you, we met at LA Fitness on Devonshire and Reseda, almost about to fight each other in we a hooping. pickup game. Because we hooping. But it's a pickup game. <laughs> right. You know, there's no money on the line. There's no nothing. <laughs> Me and you are literally, like, going to war against each other. You getting buckets. I'm getting buckets. We talking mess to each other. We in each other's face. And we're at LA Fitness. Yeah. People don't realize that. Like, people really don't understand what that is for us that it's respect it's not just basketball right you know it's not just a game like some of y'all call it a game it ain't a game okay right. it's our life you know it's a it's a process of our development as human beings you know yeah. i learn more and I, I say this all the time and this is probably what you know just so y'all know i will be writing a book pretty soon but you know one of the things that i always say is basketball is a is a practice test of life you know, it's it whatever sport, not not just basketball, but any sport that you're in, it teaches you how to grind. It teaches you how to get good at the grind. It teaches you how to deal with the adversity in the grind. It teaches you how to deal with setbacks, injuries, and this, that, and the third. It teaches you how to deal with people. It teaches you how to talk. It teaches you how to communicate. And it teaches you how to stand up for yourself. Man, that's a big one. Like, those are things that we all need. I, I have to know. So I love that 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 dog attitude that you do, that you uh, I want to say you you put into your players, right? That's the way you develop them. Do you? I want to talk about the other side of it, where you know, with the authority, how does that look? Did you feel like you were still right for, you know, challenging the authority at that time coming in, and would you have done? Would you do it differently now? I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change anything about my career or how it went um, simply because it was my way. Mm. If 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 you want to be a basketball player, if you want to be a pro, anything, if you want to make it to the pros, it, there's there's a portion of you that's narcissistic. Yeah. Um. And there's if you find me a basketball player that says he's not narcissistic, I'll show you a liar. <laughs> you point? You believe show, in you show me a, a, a NBA guy, an overseas guy. You show me a NFL, a, a MLB, a hockey, a, what a soccer. I don't care what it is. I mean, think about the dude that came to LA, and LeBron sent him a jersey, like a welcome to LA thing. He signed the jersey and sent it back to LeBron. <laughs> like, wait, who is this? Uh, I forget the dude's name. He's the dude with the long hair. He plays for the LA Galaxy. Like he, when wow. he first came over to LA, LeBron and everybody was sending him "Welcome to LA" gifts, and he signed LeBron's jersey and sent it back. Like here, this is for you. <laughs> that, that that's narcissism at its highest level. Like you get my point. Oh like, my god, uh, like, find that clip. We gonna like, put that in here. That for is, real. Like that is people dope. talk about it all the time. People talk about it online all the that's time. That's hilarious. But that's what I mean by like, there's a narcissistic concept of all pros, mm. everyone at the top of their game, whether it's real estate, whether it's writing contracts, whether right. it's singing, dancing, whether it's, you know, art, whether it's penmanship. You could be a esthetician that just does computer work for the courts. Once you get good enough, 
Hey, hey, bro, look, hey, hey, look, I'm up 670 words a minute. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, where, where are you at? You know, it's like, that's just what it is. Like, it, imagine if somebody walked up to you right now, even though you, you're, you're, you're older, even though all of that stuff, right? Imagine somebody walked up to you right now and was like, man, you're trash at basketball. You'd be like, lace up. Every time. <laughs> like, I still get these like, kids buckets. I give anybody Lace buckets. up because it. it's that's our ego. That's our that's our narciss our narcissistic quality. Like mm. we have it, but the problem I think most of us do is we let it take over. Okay. It's, it's supposed control to factor. it's supposed to be your alter ego, not your ego. Right. It's supposed to be a portion of you, not who you are. And that's what mm. that's kind of what I did is for a long time my my alter ego was my ego mm. and that's where i think that's what i that, for me in my era it was acceptable right in our era it was acceptable to be a little bit more tough a little bit more gritty talk a little bit say some stuff and nobody says anything right nowadays you have to be very careful about what you say how you say it you have like I heard a kid in a game say something about another kid's like mom or something like that. The referee stopped the game and told the coach that like, he needs to sit down. And he was like, wait, what? And he was like, what did he do? You didn't even give him a tech. He said, he's out here talking about kid's mom. He's like, this is basketball. He's allowed to talk mess. He's like, not on my court, he's not. Mm. When I was coming up, I had guys telling me when I was 12 years old that they was going to take my mom on a date after the game to try to get me to miss a free throw. And the referee was just like, are you going to shoot? Or what are we doing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, oh my God. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's that's, like, that's it's literally, like, it was a completely different world. So these kids don't even know how to talk mess. Like so, they, they talk about basketball stuff. Oh you know, man. man. I'm trying to get under your skin and. Yeah, like, you yeah I'm, life. Like, I'm over here trying to here? talk about your hair that day, <laughs> the outfit you came in with, the bad shoes you was wearing. Like, mm -hmm. I'm doing all that. These kids don't experience that as much, but I think that they still experience at the top. Yes. When they're at the top, I think it's still happening. I think you created probably in your training session. Exactly. We, create, we do it, you know, with the middle schoolers that we work with. Nah, you go on Fridays, it's pickup ball. Everything pretty much goes. We didn't have Ain't some uh, some situations that you know you would see at a uh, at a park or at you know the fitness. Yeah, one hundred percent in our yeah. our pickup style games yeah. because we want that we yeah. want that chip on your shoulder that yeah. dogging you to see you go get it. So yeah. you guys do it Fridays. I do it every single time we practice. When we get into scrimmages, you're allowed to play your game. Yep. We you you have your offenses. You have everything. But when you're out there. Coach, if coach doesn't step in, the, if I'm on the orange, if I don't step onto the blue, you're good. Play. Play. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Well, the thing that I saw from my mentor is, is another thing that he showed me, which was, shout out to Keon. Keon, uh, we just text. Big Keys. You'll be here on Monday, actually. Big so, Keys. Yeah. That's my guy, man. That's my mentor. Uh, shout out to him. Man, changed my life, you know what I'm saying, years ago. Um, and if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be training. I wouldn't be doing none of that. Uh, that's the dude, and I'll tell you about a little bit of the story about him, but that dude right there, I owe a lot to. Um, but, you know, my my authority complex when I was coming up, just to get back to that, wasn't that I had a problem with being told what to do. Hmm. I had a problem with being told what the wrong thing to do. Like, 
if you tell me I got to go do something just because I got to go do it, I wasn't that kid. I was like, why? Yeah. Why would I do that when I can do this right here? It has no, you're backwards if you want me to go over there and do that. Yep. When it's right here, I can get it done right here. Like, I was that kid. So me and Conor Moore butted heads a lot. Conor Moore would be like, I want this. And I'd be like, I can score on him. <laughs> He's like, it doesn't matter. I need this done. And I'm like, it does matter. Just think about it. If I can come down and score on him five, six times in a row, what is that coach going to do? He's going to sub him out the game. And if that's one of his best players, we win. We right. win in that situation. He would be like, that's not basketball. That's not basketball. But eventually, he started to realize it. Like, it you know basketball. what? I got a kid that's so good, he literally makes other teams and other coaches make changes. Man. So that's think I might need to... Coaches. Think I might need to listen to him a little bit. Man. But he still was going back and forth with me. I think what changed kind of more was in my sophomore year, we had probably the best team that Kennedy had ever seen. It was, you know, we had me at the point, we had Marcel, we had uh Mayan, we had uh we had this kid named Lurch, we had Rodney, we had Nick Strobel, we had uh Brandon Burnside, we had like we had guys. We were like ranked number eleven in the state of California. Hmm. Uh, and I think it was one practice where me and Marcel got into it again and this one almost turned into a real fight we were like about to fight and coach got on the intercom and starts going off and telling me that I'm the problem and I'm always talking mess to people and I need to learn how to be more cordial da, da, da. and Marcel was like hey coach you gotta cut that out and he just got quiet, like, what? And he was like, nah, we need this. We mm. need this, because we got cats on this team. They ain't worth nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, Dang. and it was like an eye-opener to everybody, like, oh, snap, like, okay. And now when we saw that my when we saw Marcel was on board, it like changed the morale of the team. Like right. everybody now is fighting. Everybody's going at each other. Everybody. So now when we go play against, when we go in the war on the floor and we playing against the Comptons and the this and the that, you got seven, eight dudes that's looking back at you like, what's right. up? And these are dudes from the Valley. These ain't, <laughs> these ain't right. LA cats. And you know, yeah. when you walk into an LA school, you know, they all, oh, y'all weak, y'all scary. Da, da, da. And when we start beating the Fairfaxes and the this and the that, everybody's like, hold on, man. This team is, this team's serious. You know what I'm saying? And I was the person that was kind of like, running the helm like I was yep. the guy because I was that fiery kid that came from that background that would actually fight like yep. I was the kid that would actually get down I would, I would be the one so you know I remember you know a time where in my junior year this is when the team was dwindling and everything starting to fall off a little bit we still had a good year that year but it was like it was falling away mm -hmm. um and we went to playoffs and everything like that. Lost the we lost the Taft in the first round of playoffs. That's where I had like twenty some points in the first half. Dropped Larry Drew Jr. at half court off a crossover and hit a big old three to like in the half and all that type of stuff. And everybody was going crazy. Um, but when everything was said and done, me and Kanamura still had this very rocky relationship because now he only has me. Mm. So he and, had to depend on And that. he has to depend on me, but he also wants to depend on the other players. So he's trying to give me power, but take power away from me as well. And I wasn't having it. Mm. 
So there would be games where I would be coming down the floor and he'd call out a play and I'd literally run by him, excuse my friends, but I'm like, that. I'm not running that in the game. While like there's a guy guarding me, you know what I mean? <laughs> like stuff like that. And like he used to get mad at me all the time because I used to talk to the other coaches. So I used to like do something, make a shot, and I would turn and be like, You better you better get a sub, you better take him off me. And he used to hate that because it was like, bro, you're not supposed to talk to the other team. I'm like, no, you are. You're supposed <laughs> to do all of this stuff. And he's like, no, you're not. You'll get a tech. I'm like, coach, I've been playing for three years. I've never gotten a tech. I've cussed every coach out on the other bench. I've never gotten a tech. There's no way we're getting a tech for this. <laughs> like, and he used to hate that about me. But that's what I feel. I feel like that's what set me apart from everyone else in the Valley. It wasn't that I was this... Uh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I don't like to say stuff like this, but I was one of the top players in the Valley. I was one of the top scorers in the Valley. I, I was the only guy that led the nation in scoring for five weeks in the, in, in the senior season. I was the only guy that's ever done that in the Valley. I was averaging 44 a game in my, in my senior year. My first five weeks, I was averaging 44 a game. It's on max prep still to this day. Like, that's crazy. I, you know, like I set records in the Valley. I set scoring records. I set three-point records. I sent all this different stuff. And I think it was, I think, honestly, I think it was the fight between me and him that mm. made me, it propelled me to do all that stuff because every time I would get into it with him, I had to prove it now. Yeah. It was like, you said da 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 Now you got to prove it. And it's like, I think, the, I think my senior year, we played against Verdugo High School. It was the first time I ever played Verdugo. First time. And I was like, I was like, I was like licking my chops. Like, I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be the get. And it was at Verdugo. So I'm like, oh, I can't wait for them to let this, once this bell, once they, once that ball goes up, oh God. And I was just waiting and waiting and waiting. They, they, you know, you hear the little buzzer go off and I, I, I like sprint to the bench. You know how like most people just jog yeah. over? I sprint to the bench, but their team is coming this way. So I like run through their their line like, <laughs> like that. And everybody's oh my like, God. you were the dude I hate playing against, but I love playing against. Oh, yeah, everybody, at the same everybody, time was, like, everybody was like, what is wrong with him today? Like everybody was like, what's wrong with Rob? Like, I'm not talking, I'm not saying nothing. I'm like quiet. I'm serious. And everybody on the team is like, because in warm-ups, I'm like hitting people and messing with, mm -hmm. laying the ball up. Cause it this, I'm a senior. This is my team. Like, I'm right, doing right. my thing now. And I'm like, let's go. And everybody's like, yo, what? And I'm like, let's get this done. And everybody's like, so I the whole time in the huddle while my coach is talking, I'm sitting there like this. And their coach is looking me dead in my face. And I'm looking at him just shaking my head, like, yep. God. Yep. How, how many did you drop? I had 38 in the first half. Didn't play the rest of the game. I would have had probably 80 points. Yeah, I probably would have had 80 points that game. Yeah. I had 38 in the first half, and I got taken out. I got taken out with three minutes to spare in the first half. Because you guys were blowing them out. I was blowing them out. I mean, yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. my team hadn't shot a shot. My, oh. No one on my team had shot a shot the whole first half. I was literally taking the ball up the court and going to score. I was that pissed off. I was like, this dude right here is about to deal with the last three years of pent-up energy that I've had because I've never played them. Like, I, it was the first time I ever played them. I was like, oh my God. I was like, it was like, I was looking, I, like, at one point I literally looked up when I was sitting on the bench, when I was sitting on the bench, I looked up, I kid you not. I looked up, after they took me out, I looked up and was just like, thank you. <laughs> 
And <laughs> and literally, my my assistant coach, Coach Coach Coop, if he sees this, he's probably gonna laugh because he looked over at me and was like, "Did you just thank God for get back?" And I was like, "Yes." I was like, I was like, yes. I was like, God gave me revenge today, bro. I was like, yes. I was like, yes. And literally, that was me, you know, as a kid, like you know, yeah. that was me. Like I had this chip on my shoulder. I was. I was this kid that, and I don't know if that, I don't know if that got instilled with me by my dad or my brothers, or if that's just the Panamanian blood running through us. But like, everybody in our family has like this crazy streak, mm. and my crazy streak was just the way I played. You, so know? you let it out in the court and in a positive way. You can even ask Key when Key gets here. Like, he's seen it. We get on the court with the pros. One of them will say something to me, and I'll be like. I don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just flip. Like big, like big dudes. Even like you know, how, you know how bigger cats they get the small guy and they try to just bully him. Yeah. I'll be out there just you ain't doing nothing with me. Like right. I'm just one of those guys that once you once you say something, I'm I'm there. You know what yep. I'm saying? We are gonna make it happen. <laughs> I love it, man. It's man, it's so interesting because it is like you said, it's so different nowadays because we teach almost the opposite. This humility and this, um, you know, what do you want to call like uh, the humility uh, in the game? You know. We, if a kid talk to another coach nowadays, oh, they will get a technical foul, and your coach is going to bench you. Oh yeah, for that, and it's just such a different way. But the results that you got, the impact that you made, um, is so interesting because it it it, it was results driven, mm -hmm. and you pushed the envelope to show people who had maybe a closed mindset, with coach having a kind of a closed mindset to this style of play and to this, you know, the way you did things. Yeah. Say, hey man, there's something to this. And to hone that in, and now you're bringing that to your development. Yeah. Is hey, yo, we're dogs. This is what I did. I can show you this because I've done it. Yeah. And also, are you? How do you? The landscape of basketball has changed, and you're trying to. We're trying to get it back to a a pure state, is what yeah. I want to call it. Yeah. How are you adapting that stuff to today's game in your training in your development? What I try to do is what I try to do is not let allow kids to do what I did. Um, so let's be clear on this so everybody understands this. Yes, I was a very good basketball player. Yes, technically, I would go down as one of the best basketball players out of the Valley. Was I a good person? No. Was I a good student? No. A lot of people don't know this. I barely escaped getting cut. I literally almost like blew up the entire school. Like I would, like I, they literally changed the grade for me, or I was gonna kill someone, because I was like, in my senior year, right before playoffs, I was ineligible, mm. and I was like, I've been playing for this school for three years. I brought this to the school, this to the school, this to the school. Y'all gonna make me ineligible? They're like, y'all, you didn't do the work. Right, you didn't do the and work. And I'm like, da, 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 da. so literally, my dad came up there, everybody, and my dad couldn't even calm me down. I, I was telling my dad, like, touch me and we gonna fight. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? Like that. And I was like in the office ready to like, I was going after the principal. I was going after the AD. I don't know if you know Mr. Guy. He's the, he's, he was the AD over at Chatsworth, but that was my AD. And I was, I was after him. Like, yo, I'm about to fight you. I'm about to fight him. I'm about to fight everybody in here until somebody Bodies, gets bodies. me eligible. Like, I better be eligible by the time this game starts. And the Man. game was literally that day. And my dad, like, my dad literally walked in there and was like, listen, he walked into the principal's office, he said, listen, I've known my son his whole life. 
There's one thing that my son knows more than anything else, and it's basketball. You take that from him today, tell me he's going to hurt somebody. He's going to hurt someone. It doesn't. I don't know who he's going to hurt, but he's going to hurt someone. He's going to walk out of this office and go back to class, and he's going to grab somebody. He's going to do something crazy, and you guys are going to have to deal with it because you guys are not understanding what he's saying. Like This means more to him than life. He will go to jail for the sport, and they're all like looking at him like, what the hell did we get ourselves into? So literally, they, they passed me. Yeah. I had a 2.1 GPA in my senior year, and that's what I graduated with, a 2.1 GPA. Uh-huh. Don't do that. Do not be that guy. Yeah. I didn't take the SAT, didn't take the ACT. I had over 300 scholarships. 300 scholarship offers. Scholarship offers. Not, not a, not, oh, a letter or, the, no. I had offers. And I threw them all away because I wanted to be a cool guy. Because I wanted to be tough. Because mm. I didn't want to go to school. School wasn't my thing. I School, classroom. I'm a hooper. Right. You know how good I am? I'm going to the NBA at high school. That's what I used to tell people. You know, like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do the school thing. Then when I got to college, and I, you know, I, I went to a year of junior, junior college because I had to get eligible to go to college. Right. Uh, went to Glendale Community College. I was a honorable mention All-State player. Averaged 21 a game with, you know, a couple of assists or whatever. Um, and I went to, I got recruited to the University of Arkansas. When they found out my grades, they were like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> like we do things, but not this. <laughs> yeah, like, we can't really help you in that world, buddy. I don't even think you could make it here. Like, if you mm. came here, you'd probably flunk out first semester. Mm. You're probably right. So, playing in, um, remember Wilson, Coach Wilson from, from Canoga Park High School? Oh, yes. David Wilson? Yeah, Dave Wilson. So, the guy, and going back to that, story right okay so high school 15 years old i'm getting into a lot of craziness with my mom my dad and my mom split and i'm always fighting with my mom and doing craziness to my mom i apologize mama um a lot of craziness a lot of craziness and uh i was just in a bad way and andrew cartwright who you know very well uh he transfers in to kennedy high school He's from New York at the time. I didn't know he was from Canada, but he's living in New York, transferred in. And um, I am like, eh, white boy, cares, whatever. Bah, one. Man, that boy can go. I'm like, okay, whatever, white boy, he can shoot. Bah, two. Okay, I'll put a hand up this time. Bah, three. I'm like, (laughs) hey, uh, you guys know who this guy is? They're like, ah, we ain't never seen him before. And this is in practice. He wasn't at a trial tonight. This is in practice. He came to practice. Bow four. He ain't missed a shot. He hasn't missed a single three. Mm. But I'm I'm here. <laughs> Catch it. Bow five. I'm like, yeah, hold on, man. <laughs> Who is this guy? And me and him, we, we start going at it. I'm going at him. He's coming at me. And I'm like, damn, this dude can play. Uh, middle of that year. I ended up getting taken in by his family. His mother mm. and him saw how much it was hurting my mom to drive from Burbank to the Valley, to back to Burbank, to get to work, to drive back to Burbank to pick me up. So one day he walked in, walked into his house, and you know, after 
food. Just got done eating Taco Bell. We go into the house. We get on 2K. We about to do that. And he walked in and he goes, hey, mom. And she's like, hey. She's like, she's like, who's that? He's like, oh, this is my, this is my boy Rob. He plays on the team. She's like, okay. She's like, he about to stay with us from now on. I looked at him like, nigga, what? You know y'all white, right? Like, I'm black. What you talking about? <laughs> you know, he got he's got two twin brothers. And, you know what I'm saying? Like a whole full house. Like, he's like, yeah, he's gonna be staying with us from now on. And I'm just like, uh, and she's like, okay. She's like, let me know if you need anything, son. Like she she just hit me with that right away. Oh, like, different cultures, so man. I love it. In my mind, I'm thinking, this is a joke. They do this all the time with people that come in here all the time. He's like, yeah, call your mom and tell her to bring some stuff over here. And I'm like, Bro, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm not staying here. He's like, nah, bro. Like, yeah, you are. It's it, like, it's too much. Like, you, you, you not like, coming to school sometimes. You, you being Man, late. Man, the wisdom of him is this is when you're 15. Yeah. And for him, the wisdom for him to see that. And that's the reason why I say that story uh, hits home for me. Yeah. Andrew Cartwright technically saved my life basketball wise because he gave me. Uh, the avenue to get away from what I was going through and just allow me to focus on one thing again. 